Welcome to Young Adult at Heart, Great Way Reads for All Ages, part of the Camden County Library family of podcasts. I'm Kristen, and with me today is... I'm Stephanie. And we are presenting Dreamland Burning by Jennifer Latham. Today's book was chosen by Stephanie, and she's going to give us a summary of the book. Okay, everyone, here's the summary. It's directly from the book jacket. When 17-year-old Rowan Chase finds a skeleton on her family's property, she has no idea that investigating the brutal century-old murder will lead to a summer of painful discoveries about the past, the present, and herself. 100 years earlier, a single violent encounter propels 17-year-old Will Tillman into a racial firestorm in a country ripe with violence against blacks and a hometown segregated by Jim Crow, Will undertakes a painful journey towards self-discovery and must confront his own inner demons as he struggles to do what's right the night Tulsa burns. Through intricately interwoven, alternating perspectives, Jennifer Latham's lightning-paced page-turner brings the Tulsa race riot of 1921 to life and raises important questions about the complex state of U.S. race relations both yesterday and today. Perfect. Almost. <laughs> it's, be it's better than I normally do. There's a reason I don't offer to read summaries anymore. I'm, I'm okay with reading passages. So if at any point you would like me to read a passage, I'll do that. Perfect. <laughs> um, so before we start the podcast, I never even brought this up to you. Um, we've been switching co-hosts. Would you like to say anything about yourself? Like where oh. you come from? Yeah. So I work for the Camden County System as well. And I'm over at the Gloucester Township branch in Blackwood, New Jersey. Yay. And I'm a teen librarian there. And I'm super honored to be here. I am a listener of the podcast. Um, I'm a big fan. Yay. I'm like starstruck <laughs> here. <laughs> and also Miss Kristen is my local librarian. So I am at Virgenville. Yes, my children go to Miss Kristen's library, which is great. And it's been nice getting to work with other librarians in our system that, you know, we don't get to work with quite as much as we would like. And podcasting is fun. So anything that you can do with someone you like is fun is a plus. So here, here. So thanks, thanks for inviting me. Thank you for coming out today. Um, so Stephanie read book jacket for dreamland burning um she mentioned the two main characters there are two in this book um there's a young woman rowan chase and there's a young man will tillman mm -hmm. both late teens 17 to be exact excellent late teens indeed um rowan is living presently mm -hmm. in uh 2017 and will is alive his story is being told in 1921 and the story starts out with Rowan, um, who lives in Tulsa. Um, she lives with her mom and dad. Her mom is a lawyer. Her dad, old money oil. Old money oil. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they um, they live in Tulsa, and they have um, a servant. They have servants' quarters in the backyard, and they are having it redone as like Red a man cave. Yeah, some kind of man cave, I think. <laughs> so the book starts off, and Rowan is enjoying her first day of summer break, and the crew comes to demo it, and they find a dead body. <gasps> a skeleton yes. in the quarters 
under the ground, yes. under the floorboards. And that's where we start. That's where we start. <laughs> and uh, so, so it goes from there, and th the book is Rowan trying to discover who this person is. Um, some other stuff happens to her along the way that we'll get into. Um, but the chapters are interwoven, so we're also hearing Will Tillman's story. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk a little bit about his story. So um, he lives in the 1920s in the same area. Um, so it's Tulsa, like about 100 years earlier. And um, he's, when we meet him, he's kind of like up to no good yes. with his buddy. Cletus? Buddy Cleet. We don't like Cleet. No, we don't. No. Um, and uh, they're kind of out and about. At a speakeasy. At a speakeasy. Which I kind of loved. Yes, because I guess it's during Prohibition. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he gets in some trouble, um, and his he ends up like working for his dad in, in the dad's Victrola shop. Um, so he sells... Am I saying that right? I call them Victrola. Victrolas. They're like, like the cool, cool things. Record to players, right? You yeah, yes. I think wind them. I think they have like those big, like, oh. like horn-looking things coming off. I can picture it, um, but I can't accurately <laughs> describe it. it. But you can all Google Victrola. Um, so kind of his penance mm -hmm. is um, putting in extra time for his dad, right? Yeah, at the shop. Um, his mom had always sort of just given him money, and now he was yeah. being punished. So we'll, it starts off with Will and Cleet, and they're <sighs> at this speakeasy. And Will's pretty much just like the reason the race riot <laughs> begins. So um, one of the main premises oh, of yeah. this book is the 1921 Tulsa race riot, um, which I had never heard of until I read this book. A lot of people hadn't. No. I never had. Apparently, it's like main, a main motivator of why she wrote it. Mm -hmm. And at the back, we're jumping a little bit, but uh, Jennifer Latham, at the back of the book, she talks about the race ride, and that's not really the best way to describe it. Um, it's also called the Black Holocaust. Mm -hmm. uh, it's or a massacre. Uh, yes. Um, it was most of the white people <laughs> in mm -hmm. Tulsa going and murdering the black residents of Tulsa in 1921. Um, so horrible. Yes. So we start off with Will. <laughs> he's a speakeasy with his friend. And the girl that he's had a crush on forever walks into the speakeasy. And um, they're all white. And she walks in with a young black man. Words are exchanged. This black man, Clarence, Clarence. pushes Will. Will ends up breaking his wrist. And yeah. it all sort of goes downhill from yeah. there. Did, did he now? Okay, so Kristen read this like more recently than I did. So I she finished today. The details are probably fresher in her mind, and mine are a little fuzzy. I kind of remember like Will throwing a punch first. He tried to throw was a it, punch. He tried. Yes. It was like one of those kind of drunk. He was like a little drunk, and you could tell he doesn't do a lot of drinking. Yeah, but he just kind of got overly cocky and confident and. Was like, what are you messing with? I think her name was Claire. No, Addie. Addie is the name of yeah, the girl Cl Claire that Claire comes later. Claire is later. Yes. See, okay, so we're 
That's okay. Yeah, okay. thank you. I, I need her to keep me straight. I got it. Addie is the girl that he crushes on. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are you messing with Addie for? And um, yeah. it all goes downhill from there. And it's... So Rowan and Will, I mean, obviously very different characters, but they have a lot in common. They um, do. So for starters, both of them are mixed race. Um, Rowan's mm-hmm. mom is black. Her dad is white. Will's dad is white. His mom is Osage Native American. That's right. I thought that part of Will's story was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Because with all of the race issues, no one seems to really make a big deal out of him being half Native American, except for one Mm. gentleman I don't think we can call him a gentleman. No, he's not really a gentleman. Oh. Um, Vern. Vern. Yeah. Vernon. Vernon. Um, <laughs> he, he's really the only person in the book that brings up yeah. Will's um, His like heritage yeah. and makes him feel, you know, bad for it. And at least that's all we see. Correct. Like, I don't know if he's being, like, called out for this and it didn't seem like it phased him yeah he didn't he didn't seem that phased and it's it's interesting it is interesting and i I like that parallel to rowan who comes from um you know a black mom and a white dad and her mom even says at one point like you know we try to keep you away from all of the negativity and we didn't really allow you to ask difficult questions because we wanted to keep you as sheltered for as long as possible until they no longer can keep her sheltered. So in a lot of ways, Rowan and Will have the same, I always mess this word up, naivety. Naivete. Naivete. I can't say that word. (laughs) That camaraderie. (laughs) I'm here to pick you up when you fall. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So they're interesting main characters. Um, I kind of like Rowan more than I like Will. Like, there were things about Will that I liked. And I guess it's not so much that there were things I didn't like. It was more how he was written that I didn't. How he was written. Written, okay. Like, because he's kind of an idiot for the first half of the book. He's definitely, I mean, I think that it's purposefully done, like, to show how much he grows. Yes. You know, he he does grow. He really changes from, like, the very naive and like racist without meaning to be kind of guy that he was mm-hmm. into like someone better. Yes. And, and, and he says that he wants to be better. Yes. He wants to be a better person. Yes. He's, he knows like upon reflection, he's like, I can't almost saying things like, I wish I could have said that. You know, I have some quotes written down. Ooh. Well, we'll get to them. Okay. We'll get to them. <laughs> if I can read my notes. Do you want to talk about the side characters? Yeah, let's talk about some of the side characters because some of them they're really into interesting. play. And yeah. yeah, they're definitely interesting. Um, well, do you... Uh, I'll start. Um, so Rowan has a best buddy. Yes. His name is James. Yes. 
Um, James, is the, James <laughs> is the first asexual character <laughs> I have met in a young adult novel. Yes, so. and I'm real. I want to know more. I, I want to know more about this whole asexual thing he's got going on. Is that was kind of cool? Just kind of thrown in there. Yes. Um, he is also um, mixed race. Yes, he also is Native American and black, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he's got a lot going on, like heritage wise. He does, and he's very sensitive to the race issues, like. He's very in tune to what's happening, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, in the news. And um, he he feels it's very important to, like, keep an eye on things and, and make sure that, like, injustice is called out. Yeah, um, he's not as sheltered by his family right, right. as Rowan is. So he's more, um, he, he, he gets what's going on, whereas that's Rowan doesn't always understand that. That's right. Um, we also have all of the people that Rowan works with yes, at the clinic. <laughs> yes, I like that she ended up at a cl- at, at the clinic in um in the the poorer part of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, because at first she was supposed to go intern. It, she was interning right, at a lab at like a lab, and and it didn't work out no. for the, some reason. The person like had to go and leave. Or yeah, something. yeah. So she gets sent to this clinic. Um. Where she meets another band of characters. A band of characters, yes. Who were interesting. I did like that um, she, so she, well, while she's there, um, she's working as a receptionist, but she ends up shadowing um, the doctor the who's doctor, there. The doctor, Dr. Woods. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Woods asks Rowan, you know, do you want to go into medicine? And Rowan says, you know, she's not sure. That's why she's here. She wants to see. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really realistic. Like she's a 17-year-old who doesn't quite know what she wants to do with her life yet which yes. makes sense to me. And she was getting involved to see what it was that she wanted yes. to do. But she enjoyed very the work. Realistic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she saw the doctor. The th- so Dr. Woods is kind of like a young, like she's in her 30s, I would say. Is that she sound knew the about mom, right? So she must be a little bit older. She's oh. maybe early 40s. Because okay. I think her and her mom went to school I together. Picture her, I picture her being like super young and hip. Uh, yeah, um. she, she had like <laughs> silver Doc Martens. And like, earring in her I don't know somewhere she has nose like piercing yeah yeah but she loved old school music and she was just really like inspiring yes to Rowan and and I even wrote this down right before I came in she, she made Rowan feel like she wanted to be quote-unquote more mm-hmm. like a better person like I would say late 30s early 40s yeah, maybe that, that sounds about right yeah okay and that's a cool yeah. age very cool age totally the best that, age yeah so that makes total sense <laughs> to me um, oh. And that's where we also meet Arvin. Arvin. And Arvin is like the second <sighs> part of the story. I almost, because there's, it's like yes. there's two stories going on. There's right? a lot, there's a lot going on. Maybe it almost in a sense, two or three it stories, like right? Two, yeah. Because I'm going to say three. Because there's <laughs> Will's story, which set, was mm-hmm. set in the 20s. It's um, Rowan's, Rowan's story trying to detective. uncover what happened during Will's time. Yeah. And then there's a story of what happened with Arvin. With Arvin. So let's tell them who Arvin is. Yes. Um, Arvin is a patient at the clinic. He has asthma. I know. He's very bad asthma. Do you have something else? His diabetes. Diabetes too. Okay. You know what? It's funny. I couldn't couldn't gauge his age. I couldn't either. Uh, so I have no idea how old he was. I pictured um, him as older, but it could just be that he was in very poor health. Yes. And I think he was like 
He was homeless too, yes. right? He had a very kind, um, welcoming personality. Yes. Very friendly. Very charismatic. I think at one point he was singing in the waiting room waiting for Dr. Woods to come see him. Yeah. And um, Arvin really liked Rowan. And Rowan liked him too. But then like a day later she was going to work <gasps> and she was driving through town and it's the not as nice it's part of town. Slightly bad neighborhood. And Arvin was coming towards her on the street and she kind of panicked and she drove away. And she felt so bad. She did. She was like, I did the right thing, right? I was only being safe. I was playing it safe. Yeah. And then, but she felt small and ugly and, and wanted him to come to the clinic that day so she could apologize, but also was hoping he wouldn't come so she didn't have to face him because yeah. she felt bad for yeah. what she did. Ooh. Yeah. And then, that's sad. Uh, I'm, I'm obsessed. I don't, <sighs> don't want to spoil it. I, I know, I know. We I could say, like, the incident. There was an incident like involving Arvin, Arvin mm-hmm. which she also. Part of me thought this was well, this was one of my little gripes when I read it. Okay. She kept running into this guy yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Like I don't know. It just seemed a little contrived that she was there. That that okay. So he's there the one day at the clinic, then yeah. like the next day or shortly thereafter, while she's driving to the clinic, and then. Again, she's driving on like a freeway somewhere, yes. she also sees him. I'm like, this is a lot of Arvin sightings mm-hmm. um, that sort of bothered me, but it led to this whole other story or in which something bad happens with Arvin mm-hmm. um, or to Arvin. Yeah, and and she's the only eyewitness. Yes, and she has to decide if she's brave enough, strong enough. Yeah to tell her story to the world. Um, and that's sort of like kind of happening like under the surface of everything yes. else. Which is interesting because I just finished The Hate You Give um, by Angie Thomas and her story was pretty much like every like that little bit of this story in Dreamland Burning was like all of the story in The Hate You Give. I totally so have to read that. <laughs> uh, it was so good. Um, so I I, I kind of wanted more of that, and you didn't yeah. get more of that. Yes. So that was a little bit of a of a letdown. Yes. But I mean, it definitely made the story fly because there was just so much. There was a lot going on. So much happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say oh. Geneva. Gen- I was gonna mention Geneva too. She's like the fr- she's a forensic scientist, yes. like forensic investigator yes, type. Because she's not really an anthropologist. Yeah. She doesn't want to take the test. Right, 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 right. <laughs> she doesn't like tests. She's funny. Yeah, she's real dry, like matter of fact, and not great with people. Not a people person. She is there she's at just like the Chase's house, Rowan's family's house, to investigate in the bones. Yeah, so you always see her like in the. The uh, urban's quarters mm-hmm. in the the crime scene, basically like doing crime scene tests. <laughs> she doesn't really talk a lot. Um, no, and she's like she's just dry, and she's very dry. Like Rowan wants to like engage her for more information, <laughs> and Geneva's just kind of like she's just like oh, like you're still here. <laughs> Geneva's funny. She's also on to Rowan because mm-hmm. yeah. at that one point she's like. I'll take that wallet back now, please. So, yeah, Rowan and and her buddy James, 
they took the wallet from the corpse um, to kind of help them along in their investigation, yes. like when they first discovered the body. Yeah, they, they did not call the police initially. No. They, I, yeah, I forget how that went down. So the workers were supposed to be working on the house. They found the body. They skedaddled. Uh, Rowan went out there to see what was wrong. There's this very <laughs> old dead body in the ground. So she calls her best friend, and they go digging around. Yep. And then her mom comes home. And it's like, what are you doing? And they <laughs> called the police. Um, but, I mean, at that point, she had already, like, touched the body. She had, like, there was, like, a pistol. She, like, touched the pistol. She spit <laughs> on the pistol to see what was marked on it. Oh, um, she stole the wallet off the off the body. The wallet was stolen. Um, <laughs> she takes it away. Like, she, it's yeah. in her room or something. Yeah. She's not and then she finds something in the wallet that she does not tell geneva about she keeps that that's yeah so right so she goes to give geneva the wallet back and then at that point here comes this like crumpled piece of yellowed paper mm -hmm. and it ends up being like a, a receipt mm -hmm. for a victrola of all things yes um and she does not tell anyone about it so she's kind of taken matters into her own hands with this but she wants to solve the she mystery because she doesn't think the police care. She doesn't think they'll care. It's like it's like considered such an old, old case, case, old cold case. Yeah. Um, there's too many other things for them to worry about than something that happened 100 years ago. So she wants justice mm -hmm. for whoever this person is. So her and James are going to get I it. I like that. And then, then there's Will and all of his side characters. So yeah. there, are, there are a lot of people in this book. <laughs> um we mentioned um, Will's mom and dad. His, I actually thought his mom was so interesting. His and mom I, was really cool. And I wish there was more about her. Yeah. So she is Osage Native American. They had found oil in yes. Tulsa. So, um, so her mom was actually the one with the money, right? Yes. Um, all, all, the people that lived on this land were all given money for the oil. As they were like the Native people. Mm -hmm. The Native people were given like compensation, I guess, yes. by the government. But then a law was passed that said that all so Native women needed, like, a white, white. male to, to, like, take care Vouch of their money. for them or, yeah, 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 something horrible like that. So even though she had the money, her husband, Will's dad, sort of got to control it. But she still kept some stuff on the yeah. side, like, on the side, which I thought she was She knew what she cool. was doing. Yeah, she did. It kind of reminds me of um, my great-grandmother, like, they survived the depression, and her husband, my great grandfather, used to put her on an allowance. Well, she wouldn't spend all the money, and she'd hide it. Nice. And then she'd whip out like this cash every once in a while. She's like, oh, "Got my money, it's like <laughs> it's mine." So, like, I like that she like had like her. She like, was savvy. She was. she was savvy, and she didn't speak a lot in the book. Mm -mm. But when she did, it was like profoundish. Yes, and just she was so much more empathetic of a yeah. character. The dad. As opposed to the dad, yeah, who you think might be okay, and then he's not he's really not. okay, yeah, which was kind of crazy too, because I mean he married a native woman, so you'd think he would be more, more understanding, yeah, and open, less prejudice, <sighs> yeah. So I I would have liked to have seen more from Catherine. Yeah, was that her name, Catherine? Yeah, yeah. I like Catherine. I forget names, guys. I'm so sorry. I usually forget names, <laughs> but I just finished. Okay. Um, then there 
are Joseph and Ruby. Joseph and Ruby. Yes. Um, so <laughs> before we say anything else, Good Ruby, Ruby was like my favorite part of the Ruby book. was just, she's so sassy. Yes. Ruby was amazing. She was great. Joseph is the same age I as like well. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, me too. Same age. The same age. Um, um, he's black. Yeah. He wants one of the Victrolas. So or his mom. Yes. <laughs> this is also during the time of Jim Crow book. So you can't so white um vendors? Merchants? Yes, merchants. Can't sell blacks patrons. But Will's dad he's kinda like, you know, yeah, money's money. Money is money. So yeah, we yeah. just can you go around the back and you you make yes. it pretend like the back's just as good as the front, even though it's not. <laughs> um and Joseph really wants to buy a Victrola, so William decides this will be his first sale, so he invites Joseph to the back. It turns out Joseph is very savvy. Yes. Oh, and uh, quite so the negotiator. Quite the negotiator, that's right. So uh, Will's dad takes <laughs> over the negotiation, and Joseph pretty much like wins that deal. Yeah. Um, he has, I think, what was it, $125 to buy the Victrola Joseph has a hundred, so um, the dad puts Joseph on a five dollar a week payment plan. But if he like defaults at all, like he doesn't get the Victrola yeah, anymore. Yeah, like some horrible deal. Yeah, um, but Joseph comes every week and he pays his five dollars. Um, and Joseph also has a little sister named Ruby, who's Ruby. ten. Is she ten? I couldn't remember. I was like twelve. Okay, ten. Yeah, she was ten. I she's so cute. I thought she's a little bit younger. Um, she's so cute. She was she was always sipping by on roller skates. Yes, and she would come and visit Will every Tuesday. Yes, and just tell him stories. She would be like his little friend. Yeah, so he had to like clean the back room, <laughs> he had to mop the floor. So she would wait for him back there, and she would just tell stories. And didn't she like scare him the first time? Probably. I, I don't remember. It's like a little hazy, but they like developed this like sweet friendship. And the thing is, too, um, because she was like seven years younger than him. Yes. But Will had a baby sister that died. <gasps> oh, she did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he had a. She's not mentioned oh, a lot. No. Like maybe once no or twice. I forgot. I blocked it yeah, out. I know. I always block out little. I know. Things happen with kids. I've heard this about you. Yeah. I, like I understand. My weakness. We both have little kids, so yeah, it's horrible to think about. So he had this little sister who died. I think of the flu. Oh um, yeah. So he. I think I remember. So once Ruby kind of got into his heart, like. She just, he she kind of became like a sister figure. Yes, and, and he really cared about her. And he looked forward to his Tuesdays with her. And he comes to realize later on that he enjoys his Tuesdays with Ruby more than he enjoys hanging out with his <laughs> air quote best friend, Cleet. His ne'er-do-well best friend. Oh, my gosh. Also a really <sighs> sweet person. So <laughs> we'll get to Cleet. Cletus. Mm-hmm. And then I guess lastly, Vern? Vernon? Fish? Vernon. Yeah. So he, Vernon, Vernon Fish, Fish owns the smoke shop. Yep. Right across the street, I believe. Mm -hmm. From the Victrola shop. He's racist. Like, and joins the KKK, yeah. trying to recruit everyone to the KKK. He's like the only one who, like, bullies um, Will. Will about his Native American mom, and he calls him horrible things because of it. Like, just kind of trying to tear him down so that he'll buckle and, you know, join his his evil group. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, totally a bully. And he is, I mean, he is the bad guy. <sighs> he's ugh, in, the, in this Despicable. book. Yeah, like yeah. He, he is, um, I would say, like, when Rowan's part of the 
book. Like there really isn't like a bad guy. It's more of um, like a mystery to be solved. Yeah. Whereas you you know pretty quick that that Vernon's like the villain, and at the end, like there's gonna be like a showdown. Yeah, he's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, anyone else you want to mention? I mean, like the thing. So I'm we've we've mentioned Cleet. He's not like the best guy. Um, he's kind of like so he's he's Will's friend. Um, I basically um just called him like he's just like a racist. Kind of typical of that time, yes. I would guess. Yeah, he's a very stereotypical There's, character. Yeah. There's even a part with like a prostitute. Yes, they visit a brothel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Will is like horrified. <laughs> Will, but wait, he asked Will for money. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. And, and Will's just uh, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave now. I'm gonna skedaddle. Have fun. Um. So yeah. So. I'm glad they kind of parted ways. Like mm -hmm. by the middle of the book, they weren't so much hanging out anymore. No. Will is finding more companionship in like Joseph and Ruby mm -hmm. more so than Kalidas. Yeah. The <laughs> other people um, like in his class. Um, but that might be like it for the side characters. There, there, there are even more. There like is. Oh, you know who we didn't mention mm -hmm. from... Um, Back to the clinic in Rowan's time was true. True. Oh, actually, I wrote him down true. too. True. True. Is it short for Truman? I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Everyone called him true. He was described as a tattooed bilingual ninja Buddha yes. by Rowan because yes. he's just like speaking Spanish, speaking English, like basically like running the whole clinic like the master. Like amazing. Everyone loves him. Yes. And he, he loved everyone. He was a meth addict. He was like a former addict, mm -hmm. and he gets his life cleaned clean. up. Mm -hmm. And now he works in this clinic, and he was very cool. He's given like lollipops out to the kids. Yes, and he, he could be, he could have been a librarian, like stickers and lollipops. Yes, he would be perfectly situated in one of our libraries. <laughs> did you did you feel like some of the characters were too perfect though? Uh yeah, I did. Yeah, but uh, you either had like really awful flaws or you were like really great like, yeah and there wasn't a lot in the middle except for the main characters the main characters are probably were probably obviously the most well drawn out and had the most um complexity to them mm -hmm. um so yeah but as far as the side characters went i could see that yeah um speaking of characters so moving on to interesting parts of the book um mm. i get some interesting things about characters and you know i i put that you know, they, they both start off with like laws and how they see the world around them and it changes as new revelations are made and they get stronger and you know they're they have a better sense of right and wrong and they're able to follow through with their convictions even when it's not the easiest path to take so that was great <laughs> I would agree with that, and I, I too wrote similar things down. Mm. Um, yeah, they they do a lot of self reflection. Yes, um, that that helps them grow, um, and they have help with that. Like with uh, with Rowan, I think the first moment we see that is when she and James are hanging out, and he. Um, they start talking about the riots, 
Um, oh, I think they were starting to put together. Or no? Is it what? Is this when they fought or something else? Yeah, it's okay. when they like like ha they have a little falling out. They fight, and it's mainly because James is like, "You're living in this like this rich girl bubble." He calls it mm -hmm. a rich where someone always will fix things that go wrong. Um, and he says, "You know, she points out that it's not as bad today as it was back in during." The twenties, yeah. No one, no one's getting lynched. She right, says. right. So it must um, be better. So it must be better. And he's like, he. I wrote down this quote: "The crime's different, but the problem's the same. It's about power and prejudice, and beep rooted so deep mm -hmm. that people don't see it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that really, like, she almost cries. Yes. And then she's like, ugh, he's not gonna see me cry. She runs to her car, and then she like breaks down. Yes." But she's really like kind of opening her eyes to this for the first time and reflecting on how race plays a part in her life and the difference between her and James and it starts getting real. And <laughs> I feel like that's when you have to read something like The Hate You Give to see how relevant yeah. this still hate still is in this country, in this world. Yeah. Um because it's it's an issue, and when you are trapped in a bubble, I live in my middle class white woman's bubble, and you you don't see the same issues absolutely um, until like you start paying attention and things are brought to your attention, and mm -hmm. things are definitely brought to both Roan and Will's attention. I think Roan was faster to grasp the severity of what was going on. It took Will a little bit longer. Will. I'm rolling my eyes at you, Will. Will. <laughs> um, you redeem yourself. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anything else about the characters? Um, Let's see. I'm sure I can think of something. Um, I, I, we mentioned Ruby. I really did love Ruby. I love Ruby. I, li I liked her. Um, like she her was brave. She was very brave. I like that he talked about how she likes boys, and when she likes them, she'll give them a pinch on their yes. arm. Yes. And later on, there's a, a young boy, and he talks about how he doesn't like her because she pinched him. And I'm like, oh, she likes you. Yes, that was so <laughs> cute. So she just seemed so real. Like, I could picture her. <laughs> um, like, yeah, she was adorable. Um, I I don't know. I kept having, like, thoughts, like, are they going to, like, grow up to get together? Yes, I thought that, too. I thought, I thought they were going to end up together. Like, maybe somehow, because he loved her. But it wasn't romantic love. No. Nothing like that. No, and there was it was really more sisterly, but I was like, hmm, what's going to happen in the future yeah, here? Yeah, I actually kind of got that feeling as well um, after meeting um, some of the people in Rowan's timeline. I was like, yes. oh, maybe. The, the stories do collide in yeah. a way, like when she kind of goes off investigating um, people. We mm -hmm. don't want to give away anything. It was so. I mean, <sighs> this is also a mystery. It is. There's like definite mystery involved, and the mystery I think is really what pulls the book along so fast. Yeah, because obviously you've got this corpse who has a receipt for a shop that the other main character worked in. So you know that you're gonna like know who this person is, and it's like, who is this person? Who is this person buried in the backyard? So you, you want to keep turning the pages so you can figure <laughs> out like, who died, like who, who was yeah. bludgeoned to death. There's a few curveballs thrown in there, mm -hmm. too. So you're like, well, it can't be that person because 
of this fact. And then I won't go into much of that, but it's really interesting. It was it was an interesting mystery. That was probably not the thing I liked most, but that was one of the things I, I enjoyed most ab yeah. about it. Like not not the most, but maybe second because <laughs> it, it it was a good. It what was, a was good the most. The thing I liked most about the it, th the thing you liked most, I guess, um, that it brought attention to this, you know, massacre in the twenties. So, um, I actually have when we're going to talk about like you know the setting of the book, and I wrote down that history is written by the winners. Oh yes. So not to get to nineteen eighty four on you. No, but it's so true. It's true. Guys. Whoever, <laughs> whoever like wins. The war, they write the history books. Yep. So this awful, awful thing happened in Tulsa, and then it was pretty much wiped away. No, yes. Like um, swept under the rug. Like maybe they would mention it in like class. I think probably they said not till late. In the afterward, that um, it was kind of wiped. It was, it wiped, was wiped from textbooks for a like while. Like Rowan said, she remembered covering it very briefly mm -hmm. in like one of her history classes but it was like so i don't know not in depth whatsoever no. i mean think think about history uh, class right so bad. and all the stuff <laughs> you have to cover over the what, 12 years yeah that you're a student you never make it all the way through like i we never we never make no. it to current like no. events ever um <laughs> And there are some really awful things that happened. Absolutely. Um, we've done some really awful things over the years. And that part is never discussed. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very, like, glossed over. And look, look at World War II. And, yeah, we stopped Nazis. But, yeah, we mm. interned our right. Japanese citizens. Right. So, like, we it's starting, I think, in more progressive areas to probably be covered. But... Yeah, like not anything like from the other side. From yeah, <laughs> so I, I like that this book brought something that was so awful to the attention of all of these new younger readers. Um, one of the criticisms I read about this book was that it was you know it's a white author mm -hmm. that brought this attention. Yes, um, and there are people that wish it was a person of color that had you know written this story. Um, but you know, librarian, you know, I'm I'm grateful for any knowledge that I'm given, and she does list sources. She she cites lots sources. of sources. She was really into her research. So you can and she's also a Tulsa native. Um, she lives in Tulsa, um, so she was particularly interested in like uncovering this story. Um, let's see. Yeah, she has a really interesting author's note. Like, ugh. it's just crazy to me. So 8,000 people, black men, women, and children lost everything. 1,200 homes and businesses burnt down. Um, one of the deadliest race riots in history. 300-ish uh, people died. Um, they're not even sure how many. And not a single white person was arrested for everything that went down. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe, yeah, no, no one faced charges. And I believe that the um, the people, the 
people of color who were um, kind of like rounded up to be protected, quote unquote, mm-hmm. af- like when it all went down, um, had to be vouched for by a white, white person, mm-hmm. citizen, um, before they would be released. Correct. Someone had to vouch and say, oh, you're, you're good. You're a good black person. Mm-hmm. So Which like, Ugh. Like blows my mind that this was a it was totally thing. a thing. It's sick. So I I like I said, it's it's not an easy topic yeah. to read. It's but, not. but I think we need more stories like this. I and agree. we need we need this stuff brought to light and, and people mm-hmm. need to read this stuff. And I really like whenever a book has like a nonfiction component. Yes. Yeah. Like go and do your own research, form your own opinion, mm-hmm. write your own story. Yes. Absolutely. And who knows, maybe she'll inspire other people to uncover more about it and write more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth learning about. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's serious stuff. Yes, it is. Um, have I I'm, – I'm going through, like, what I – what I wrote down. Have sure. I, have I missed anything that you would like to talk um, about in the interesting parts of the book? Interesting parts. So, um, I'm looking to see if, the, if, we, if we really missed much. Did we get to set, did we talk about like the setting? I mean, we did. We could have more. Yeah. I mean, setting is like a big part of this book. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> I always go off my notes, so forgive me. But um, it's interesting because Rowan talks about Tulsa mm-hmm. when she like gets her job at the clinic, and uh, so we have Midtown. She descri- Here's how she describes Midtown: What you get when you squish neighborhoods from every 20th century decade together, starting with the 1910s. Um, so that's where she lives, yeah. and that's also where Will lives. I would guess would be Midtown. Because it was like, do you think so? Because he, they, so they have their home, and then the f- her his dad insists that they that his wife deserved a better home. They, I think they're maybe they're moving up, but it's still considered Midtown. Okay. But I could be wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're right. So Will's family is building this like bigger home, mm-hmm. um, which we find out later that uh, they never moved they into. never moved into. Um, Let's see. Okay, then then she describes North Tulsa. So that's where Greenwood was. So I don't know if we mentioned Greenwood we before. Have not. We can. Greenwood was like amazing. Like yeah. it was so thriving. It was like it was the African American section of Tulsa that was in the 1920s. It was like thriving. There were great businesses there, and that's what was destroyed during the riot. And the title, um, Dreamland Burning, Dreamland, Dreamland was, the, name was of the theater. The theater in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. So I remember, like, on her way, on Rowan's way to the clinic, she passes Greenwood, which was basically destroyed mm-hmm. and, like, rebuilt a little bit since then. But then, like, everything just started closing. So by the time, like, Rowan's time period comes around, yeah. like, it's basically. There's nothing going on there. So North Tulsa, they say, this is what Rowan says about it. It's the kind of place where if people bother talking about it at all, they either say how dangerous it is or describe it in their it's such a pity voice. 
And her mom, who is like a black public defender, Mm -hmm. she knows her stuff. She says it actually has the lowest crime rate in the city. Um, But it is poor and full of people with skin a few shades darker than pale. That's what what Rowan says about it. So it's, it's interesting. And then when you compare present day Tulsa to the past, it's like really interesting just to like, See the differences and yes, and I mean in a lot of ways those those lines those dividing lines they stayed they, they stayed the same. the same yeah so sad it is mm. but I mean I, I think that happened that, that happens here it's I am using my it's such a pity voice so <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah so that's my that was my notes on setting I don't want to miss my Miss that part. <laughs> no, I mean that, that was that was really it was really interesting, and I liked the way that William described. Um, yeah, when he when he would drive through, like he yes, deliver the victrolas. Yeah, it sounded like a beautiful place. I yeah, mean, I, it is awful that it, it was. It's a world that was had to, had to be segregated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like one of like the like most thriving. Um, neighborhoods like that probably I, I mean I don't know in the nation mm-hmm. I'm not sure but it sounded like it was like known for being amazing yeah yeah mm. I've never been to Tulsa have you I, I, did, I, can't, <laughs> I, I had to google where Tulsa was oh really it's it's Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, geography. That's about where my knowledge ends. <laughs> like, I knew it was Oklahoma. Like, even on a map. I've I'm never like, been where, there. Where is it on a map? I had to look it up. Uh, I'm, geography is not yeah, my thing. I'm usually pretty bad. I'm awful at geography. I've been in the South a lot. I lived in the South for a while. Okay. But, like, not so much Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but now I'm kind of, like, curious. <laughs> It was uh, the past too. It was really, it was really interesting because both Will and Rowan spent a nice chunk of time describing, yeah, the different parts of Tulsa. And um, Rowan talks about like driving through and um, like they would go like to these concerts and yeah. you would get like was it like barbecue or fries and then you would go to these concerts and they were a lot less money. Like it just it seemed like. It, there were some really fun. It seemed like a pretty part. cool town. Yeah, yeah. Well, like a city. Yeah, uh, as, as cities often. I think it like were they hanging out where like a lot of college students would hang out, or am I like pulling this from another book? There was like a hipster <laughs> lumberjack at one point. <laughs> nice. Yeah, who like gave her a wave. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, hipsters. That's awesome. So, things we liked about the book. I loved the cover of the book. Yes. Can I just say that is how I picked the book. Covers, <laughs> covers make a really big difference. It is a beautiful cover. You should all Google Dreamland Burning and just behold it. It's because it's, it's lovely. It is wonderful. <laughs> and it's, I feel like it's timeless. Yes. It's like sepia toned. Did I say that right? Or is it sepia? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's like. Sort of old timey, whiny. Old timey, um, and you see half of Rowan's face and half of Will's face, mm-hmm. ah, and then it has the tagline: "History isn't over yet." That's really cool. So I loved the cover. 
That's I, awesome. I love that the book, I don't, it doesn't necessarily have like what I would call a happy ending, right? No. But I but a hopeful that's ending. That's what I have. It ended, I feel like it ended with hope. Yeah. And that is like important. probably the best ending you can have. I think it's always kind of difficult like when someone's story begins because another story has already ended. Yeah. And that that's can be that's a little deep, Kristen. Thank you. That that can be like a little tricky. Like I, we already know we know how Will's story ended because he lived so he lived 100 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but Rowan like she's a teenager and she still has her whole life ahead of her and yes. you know, what what will she do with this knowledge that she has now. Yeah. Um I have high hopes for her. Me too. She's got a good head on her shoulders. Yeah. Good family. She's a great family. I think I think the family, like especially the mom, I feel like the mom played a lot more than the dad in this mm-hmm. book. But I feel like she will stop sheltering her so much. Yeah. Um I think her mom towards the end like really wanted Rowan to Yeah, She was things. like, mm-hmm. it's time. Yeah. I'm gonna start we're gonna start talking about this stuff like Obviously, <laughs> it's been overdue. Yes, I love the mystery of the story. Like, yes. I, r- I really wanted to know who <laughs> is that. The mystery was satisfying in the back. Yes, I, yeah. I, I was, I was fine with that ending. And I, I'm not a mystery person. Like, I don't pick up mystery books really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am more of a historical fiction person. Okay, so it was a good combination, like the historical fiction aspect was appealing to me and then the mystery like I so happened to enjoy. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I got tricked into reading a mystery. Yay. <laughs> um things we didn't like? Um it's funny. Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the things we liked oh, okay, first. Okay. Only because I put enjoyed the murder mystery aspect. Haha. Yeah. Um so but I have a few more things. Okay. Oh well we already talked about the friendship between Will and Ruby. That was like one of my favorite things. Um, yeah, and then I don't want to talk about my next point because it um, might give some stuff away. So okay. we can move on to the things we didn't like. Um, I already talked about one of them. It was like all the Arvin, like yeah. <laughs> stop running into Arvin already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, Tulsa is a big city. You see the same it's guy It's just like every weird. Day. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Um, what else did I write down? I didn't really write much else down, but I'm sure if you start talking, then <laughs> I'll jump on. I, I kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about as far as things I didn't like. Okay. Like I, I, I wish there had been more to Rowan's story um, in regards to Arvin. Like I would like to have known what happened next. Um, and that also um, because of the push for diversity in young adult novels, I, I really wish stories, we would see more stories like this written by people of Color. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we we need that. We definitely need our that. our teen readers need oh my that. Gosh. Um, yeah, we know we need our bubbles broken. Absolutely, this, this is stuff that, that that we need, and I think um, maybe with it's up to us to do a better job demanding that publishers give us what we want. Yes, we'll we'll, work we'll on go on strike. <laughs> we'll work on that Twitter campaign. <laughs> We'll go on strike and we won't buy anything (laughs) (laughs) for the library. We'll we'll buy everything. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Anything else? Um, No. We can get into tropes. We'll get into tropes. Um, 
I can start okay. if you want. All, all right. So <laughs> I, I think so the biggest trope I had um, okay. was Will as the white savior. Yeah. Which is a trope that I don't know if we necessarily would see in young adult novels, but I feel like in a superhero world, right? Like right mm-hmm. now we are so ingrained in superhero culture. I, I feel like the white savior is a trope you see quite a bit. And that was really brought to the forefront when was it Iron Fist? Came out. Mar- it's Marvel. Um, and yes, that's okay. I'll talk. Um, <laughs> and, and the, Until the, it becomes a movie. It's a TV show. Okay, but okay ne- well, Netflix, that's closer. But the, the main character, <laughs> um, I think people were really hoping um, for an Asian oh. lead. And it, it wasn't. Um, okay. And it, it sort of spurred this whole white savior idea. And, mm. and that was Will. Like That was Will. There is this riot happening. Um Black people are being lynched and murdered and taken away, and in comes this young white man yes. in a truck saving people, like hiding people in the truck and 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 doing great things. Don't get us wrong; like it, it was a wonderful thing that he did. He saved people's lives, but it does fall into it. It, it had a very tropey feel to yes. it. Yes. Yes, it, it did. Like it just and is as you read it. Like <sighs> I mean, tro- tropes are tropes for a reason. They're stereotypes, right? Right. right. Um, but like as I'm reading this, I was like, oh, like it's just, there's just, there were just parts of it that yeah. tropey, tropey, trope, 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 tropey, trope, trope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I I totally agree. I actually wrote down white saviorism. Um. White character rescues people of color from their plight, often portrayed as messianic, messianic, mm-hmm. and like godlike, and learning something about themselves in the process of rescuing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of fits it to a T. It does, and yeah. So th- that's yeah. a little. I don't know what to say. And now uh, it's, it's it leaves us with. Uh, complex feelings about the book. And you know what, and the thing is, like, <laughs> I, I guess that's a good thing. I'm the kind of reader that needs to really like absorb. And I just she literally just I finished. just finished. <laughs> I finished at one thirty. It's three fifty six. I knew this. I, 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 was I like, it's gonna be fresh in her mind. I, I wait. <laughs> Ryan caught on last month. I wait till the very last second to finish something. Um, Mostly because like I, I need it to be as fresh as possible, but I, I never gauge it right, like in my head, how long it'll take me. And then you're panicking. And then I'm panicking, and I'm sitting in my car trying to finish a book before we start. Um, <laughs> but I need more time to digest, and this yes. book is going to sit with me for weeks. Like I, I yeah. will be thinking about it and how I feel about it, and and where I'll go from there. Like that's then, then we'll reconvene and have part two. No. Oh. <laughs> Reflections on Dreamland Burning yeah. after it's yeah. settled for a while. Um, I also had, I didn't quite know how I wanted to word this trope. Okay. I have I'm it curious. as my, um, my surprise, <laughs> you're my <laughs> long lost insert relative obscure person trope. <laughs> Which I can't really talk about more because it's okay. I don't want to give anything away. Okay, okay. But do you, when I say that, do you know what I mean? I think I do. Okay. We'll mm. talk about it afterwards. Okay. But it's just, just like, oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> womp, womp. I like that trope. Thank you. Would you say there's a bit of the Scooby-Doo trope in here? Oh, my gosh. 
Because I really liked Brian's Scooby-Doo trope that he came up with um, yes. in the X-Files conversations. And a little bit. They it's, took matters into their own hands. There's stuff with that absent didn't parent. Didn't trust the grown-ups to yeah. deal with it. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. Like, this was <sighs> um, Rowan's family's, like, land, right? Where they yeah. found this body. I, I think it yeah. was her dad family. I think so, because they were, like, oil people. Yes, yeah, so they'd owned so it for a while. Owned it I for would, several generations. You would think that... Like he would want to know more. Yeah, he, the the dad they needed to delve more into. Yeah, I I don't remember much about him to be honest. Nothing he, about him. He, stuck he couldn't out. run as fast as Rowan. Rowan's a runner. He's a runner. I, I did like that. Yeah. Actually, Kristen's ooh, a runner. Could have I'm not a runner. Things we liked about the book. Yeah. I like when you talked about running. Cause I made, knew like, you would. Because it made perfect sense to me. Like it was like therapy. It was. It was her therapy, and just you know how she could kind of lose herself in what she was doing, and yeah, people who don't run don't get it. I like don't get it, like, but I respect it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, Rowan, you have you. She they nailed it. That that is running. Yeah, and and you could tell she was feeling better when she was running again. She's like, I'm running again. Yeah, and you know things are looking up for Rowan. And she got her little endorphin fix, which yeah. I totally get. So. <laughs> I have to dance for that. Nice. <laughs> that's that's probably less stress on your body. <laughs> yeah, I've got some joint problems. <laughs> okay, we're going off topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Any but other yeah. tropes? Um, tropes. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. That all right. I just needed to fit Scooby Doo in there somehow. I, you know, every so everything good. I read now, that's that's what I You're think like of first. Scooby Doo trope. I have to write that. I have to <laughs> add that to my list. It wasn't like quite the same. Like definitely not as much as what you experienced with the, the X Files oh books. Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but they were they there were was some own, of that. They were their own beast. Yeah. Um, relatableness of the characters. Let's start with Rowan. Okay. Did you find Rowan relatable? I did. I mean. She definitely, even though she's not anything like I am, like she definitely felt like a real person, like yes. and dealt with real feelings, um, real issues. I didn't see any like, yeah. She, I related to her. Um, I could get in her head, and I would say, yeah, I would cover her. You? I okay. did. I did relate to her. I um, as women who work <laughs> with the public. <laughs> Yes. You know, I like to think we answer to a, a greater calling. You know, we, <laughs> we we do what we do to help people. And um, yeah. when you talk about, you know, helping out at the clinic, and it's it's all routine day-to-day -day stuff, yes. but it's that little stuff that makes a difference. That makes, makes a difference, like exactly. You, you get it. Like, that. I, I can relate to that. Yeah, I really liked her. I, I wish I was more, I mean, there are things about her that were amazing. Like, for a 17-year-old, I was not anywhere near as, like, mature self-aware yeah, yeah i wouldn't be like driving to a clinic by myself to intern like i was just yeah she she was awesome i i well liked she, her she was a good strong lead yeah will will <laughs> I, I, you know what, i i kind of had those like um like a maybe like because uh, the first half of the book he's mostly upset because the girl he likes <sighs> doesn't Dingus. like him <laughs> back yeah because of what happened with clarence and he doesn't understand like he feels like he's the one that's been wronged like yes i wrote that down yeah. somewhere like the quote he used was ridiculous he uh, will pretty much ends up getting 
this young man killed. Yes, and he, he does. Feel, he doesn't feel anything about it. He's just upset that Addie doesn't like him. Yep. And she slapped him. Yep. <laughs> Even I thought she was Claire, but she was clearly Addie. Yes. Um, oh, gosh. He even says, like, uh, here's the quote I wrote down that, oh. So this is Will, like, closer to the beginning. I wish I could say that the suffering I'd caused an innocent man weighed heavier on my conscience than it did, but that would be giving myself way too much credit. The truth of the matter was I came away from the whole incident believing myself to be the injured party. Or shouldn't my apology have sufficed? Oh my gosh, he's so clueless. He is clueless. Uh, he is a product of his environment, though. So I try to forgive him, and he does. He does learn. He does learn. He does learn. He becomes a oh better God. person. Yeah, um, like a much better person. And I, uh, you know, it's it was really getting to know Ruby, and I think yes living outside of what you are it's living outside your bubble living outside his bubble exactly i think it kind of showed him he he yeah it, he did all this really like risky stuff to save um his friends um maybe or maybe not as a white savior but <laughs> um <laughs> but i'm still glad he did it yeah and he was much more self-aware and aware of his, you know, environment after the book is, mm -hmm. you know, by the time the book is through. He, yeah, so it was, the chapters went every other, and the first chapter is Rowan, but Will's chapter ends the book. So it he, does, doesn't yeah, it? He, he's the last words of the book. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, angst. Angst. Rowan. I gave her a three. I have to look at your angst chart again. I just, I didn't. Um, I didn't. It was she wasn't high on the scale. No, she wasn't very angsty at all. Um, um, her problems were honestly. I think she could have been angstier. Like she had some. Did really you want her to be angstier? She could have been. She had a little awful stuff happening, and yeah, she was pretty calm. Pretty level-headed. That yeah. that's one of the things I admired because I'm so not like that, and yeah. especially at that age, I would have been like. Probably locked in a room, yeah. crying a lot, and yeah. <laughs> not functioning. She, um, I, I feel like a three is a pretty good assessment. Um, it's, she's definitely not, not high on the angst scale, despite how she could have been. Because yeah. she went through some pretty crazy stuff. She did. Started with finding a dead um, body in her backyard. Yeah, there's the dead body. There's the Arvin incident. Mm -hmm. um, fight with her best friends. There's a lot. Yeah. Will. Will. I gave him a six. Did you give him a six? All right, let's look on, on the scale. You know what? So it wasn't six. Oh, he's a Katniss. He's a Katniss Everdeen. Okay. okay. It, it, he just starts off. Eh. And I <laughs> kind of feeling sorry for himself. Yeah, it was, it was a lot, lot, like, lot of Like, why sorry. can't you just forgive me? Yeah. I what I did wasn't wasn't that bad. No. Like, no. Yeah, I was like, he was definitely higher on the scale. I didn't pin him yet as a certain number. I guess I I should like I maybe put him on like a five or six. Yeah, he's up there. Um. Not screaming in all <laughs> caps, but he. But he no, there's not all. There's not all. He's caps. clueless. He's clueless and a slightly whiny. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah. So. 
what would you rate the book? I gave it a B. I gave it a B plus. I actually gave it a B plus. Oh, you do have a B plus. Look, look, I'm proving it to I her. I love it. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I thought we'd at least have a different grade. No, I'm, so I that's really good. did like it. Good. Um, I'm glad because I, I suggested it. So I would have felt really bad if I made Kristen waste your precious time. You definitely did not <laughs> make me waste my precious time at all. It was good. It was a really good book that can start you off as like a jumping pad to other yeah. really interesting things if you want to go down that research yes. train. Um, and it was fast paced. Definitely fast paced. Like I read it pretty quickly very and I read very slowly. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> and there really wasn't like a crazy, like all the annoying things that you find in YA books. Like there's no insta love. Yeah. There's really no, no annoying Yeah. Romance. The it, drama, like all the like the, the teen drama. That, it's that people really think you not need. there. Mm-mm. It also is set in the summer. So that's interesting. You don't get like school days. Yeah. Well, you um, can't go searching. Yeah, for yeah. There's definitely a reason they did that. that. You're going to school <laughs> as well. Well played, Jennifer. Well played. Mm-hmm. Um, really, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I really did. I'd recommend. I would definitely recommend it. Um, things that uh, you would recommend um, if you liked this book. Mm-hmm. You can you go first? Yeah, go first. Okay. So I, I guess I have. Um, the first because I just finished it was The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas mm-hmm. and that is about a young 16 year old black woman young woman who um, is in the car with her best friend who's also black who gets shot by the police and <sighs> pulled over and it's it's very relevant and it's, it's not a short book it's, it's pretty long um, it's not an easy topic to read, but Angie does it. Her her voice is just it's lovely, and it also ends in hope. And there's some humor thrown in, mm. and it'll just it'll make you think. So I highly recommend that. Um, but I also wanted to recommend Kindred by Octavia Butler. Oh, it's on the summer reading list, and I have oh, not really? read it. So the Black Horse Pike Regional School District. Um, I think it's on theirs. Okay. Heard good things. I read it in college. And it goes back in time, doesn't it? Does, it does, yes. So, so it's got that whole back and forth in time slash race issues. Yes. Um, so, so the main character is living like modern times. Um, 26-year-old black woman. And she keeps getting sucked back into <gasps> time. And it's the um, <laughs> and it's like a white plantation Whoa. in the South. Okay. Um, and well, it's a plantation in South Elm, and she ends up saving like the life of this white boy. Um, Interesting. Who, who ends up being one of her distant, like one of her ancestors. Okay. So, um, and but every time she gets sucked back in time, she stays there longer and longer, and it's it's a little darker, obviously. Yeah. But it looks at how you know a modern person would deal with. These race issues. Ooh, I want to read that. It was, it was once the kids bring them back after summer reading. I think I was like Miss Stephanie's when I read, read it. 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 was it was okay. very very good. So it's been around for a little while. It has. People <laughs> love Octavia Butler. She does. I'm the worst. I have not read anything by her. She does more like science fiction. Like this has a bit. Of, I mean, it's a it, little bit of a science yeah. fiction fantasy feel because she is 
Bouchon. Yes, it's like like Outlander or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not as interesting. Thomas Outlander. Great time. Outlander, I've only read one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk a while like about we could, uh, next podcast. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, what did you recommend? Um, so this is really like a weird. Well, okay. One of the <laughs> one of the things I would say is you might enjoy To Kill a Mockingbird. That's a great book. It's a classic. Um, white saviorism going on in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a beautiful story. It's it's like one of my favorites. Um, and but the thing that really like I kept being reminded of, and I hope that you've seen this movie, is Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh my gosh. Have you seen Fried Green Tomatoes? I've seen like pieces of it. Oh when my I was gosh. <laughs> so I actually wrote you might like the movie Fried Green Tomatoes, oh. but it's also based on a book called Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Step Cafe. It's like a really short, I think it's like a novella from like 1987. Okay. I never actually read it, but I've seen Fried Green Tomatoes like 57 times. Oh. Um, so that's set in the South in the 20s. And there's also a present day storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some major race issues that are dealt with. Um, it is, I love I love fried green tomatoes, and I know the soundtrack like <laughs> through and through. So as I was reading this, like the soundtrack of fried green tomatoes was running through my head. It's I'm crazy. I'll watch, I'll watch <laughs> it now. Like I saw like the parts so years good. ago. I cry every time. Oh. It's really good. Um, those were the two things that jumped into my mind. I didn't have anything like contemporary really. Um, That's all good. But I'm glad that you read the hate you give because. Well, I'm glad that you liked it. It's been on my list of things to read. So, if yeah, if you want to read that, I would put yourself on the <laughs> list sooner rather than later because it was a waiting list. We, I have, know. we have quite a few copies, and there is there are people waiting for it. Do you know if there's an audiobook yet? I don't know. We'll we'll look it up. But apparently, they're getting ready to cast for the movie. I heard that. Yeah, I know. So many uh, young adult books are becoming movies, and <gasps> it's a business. Yeah, it's a business. It's awesome. I wonder if they're gonna do a Dreamland Burning movie. I was I was reading it I and I thought time. about it. I, I would I would go see that movie. Yeah, I would too. It, it had enough like stuff going on that it would be. They could make a good it'd movie be really out interesting. Of it. Yeah. Um. So next month for something completely different, <laughs> <laughs> a little lighter, a lot lighter. I'm going to be podcasting with Emily, um, and we're going to read Geekerella by Ashley Poston. Which I'm guessing is a spinoff of Cinderella, so a little, a little more <laughs> of a chiclet. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be great. Um, you haven't read it yet, have no, you? No, I have not. It'll be. But Emily liked it, and I, I, I try. <laughs> I, I value Emily's opinion. Yes, Emily's awesome. She's got great taste in Everyone books. Everyone listen. <laughs> uh, you can um, check out a link. To uh, this podcast at www.camdencountylibrary.org slash Y-A-A-H hyphen podcast. We will have a link up to listen. And we'll also have um, links to the books that we mentioned today. That sounds good. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to click and put yourself on the waiting list for The Hate You Give, you can do that there. Um, I'll also have a link up to Geekerella so you can take a look if you want to read before we talk about it and hopefully not spoil it. Um <laughs> Feel free to visit us at the library at any yeah. time. Talk about books or ask for book recommendations. 
Stephanie is at Gloucester Township on the Black Horse Plague in Blackwood, New Jersey. Right next to Meadows Diner, which is the yes, yummiest diner ever. You can stop by and then you could go get some good eats at Meadows Diner. Yeah. I'm in <laughs> Merchantville, which <gasps> also has yummy food. Merchantville is the best town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, not biased. It's a pretty magical town. It's magical. So you can come talk to us. It's like Stars Hollow. Oh, <laughs> so you know this is nice too. That now that we've had different like podcasters, like we're kind of spreading out the librarians. So if yeah. you are listening, and you know you you can now go to different branches to ask. You, you know who to ask for now. Like yeah. you know if you come here or come to Gloucester, ask Stephanie. If you're here at Voorhees, you can ask for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> ask for Ryan. Get him out of tech services. Yeah, come find him on the third floor. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Yeah, so I guess that's about it for me. Stephanie, thank you so much. <gasps> thank you for having me. I had such a good time. I hope we can do it again. We most certainly will. All right, so it's recorded now. Yeah, so Stephanie will come back. Um, <laughs> we'll have her back in 2017. Sounds good. Or 18. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my sweet. Gosh. We're traveling. We're traveling back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Early 2018. <laughs> okay. And um, I guess Put it on my calendar. Okay. All right, bye, everyone. This is Kristen signing off.